Welcome to Couch Critics Canada. I am one of your hosts, Tim. This week I am joined, as always, by Chalupa. Hey! And Brian. Hey, everybody. This week is part two of our Seth Rogen episode. We are getting into this aging comedian's uh, lore, his uh, uh, movies and remaining uh, history here coming up to current. Uh, Seth Rogen. Great guy, really bad dresser recently. Really bad. Did you see that orange bow tie shit that he had on? I did not. Oh, no. it's awful. He was doing an awards ceremony. He trying to look like a hipster. He looks great, svelte, but uh, yeah, not a great uh, aesthetic. His mom dressed huh. him, you ass. <laughs> Uh, I hear him and Franco are getting back together. Oh, Danielle mentioned to me that they're they're in they're looking to do a movie together again, or that they have something in production, which makes me want to look again. I know he has something with Dev Patel, which I was surprised. But uh, he burned him so quickly in the fallout that it would be interesting if that's true. Like, I'm curious to see. Mm to green knight too and seth rogan's the green knight because he <laughs> smokes weed he would oh, have to say something about the, uh, anyway, the breakup though right what's that tim he would have to say something about the breakup right him and franco he, yeah. he he burned him bad and like in the outgoing he's like i'm not gonna associate with him i want nothing to do with him da 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 yeah, I don't yeah, see I anything that in production. Episode. Maybe Danielle's full of shit. Where, what are what are Daniel's sources? After we're just talking about all these sources and you know checking your. Well, that's why I'm facts. checking hers. <laughs> I'm fact checking her. Uh, yeah, I don't see anything listed in production. I'm gonna do a quick Google right here. Oh, while well, you're doing while that, we, uh, what is the first movie that we're going to be talking about? I was gonna say, yeah. While I do this, Tim. You take uh, you take over because this one is all you, my man. Fanboys, fanboys. Uh, Seth Rogen plays like uh, three different roles in this movie. He shows up as a Star Trek uh, kind of fan with buck teeth. It was really weird. Um, you get to see a little bit of like non Seth Rogen acting. He acts as uh, as a pimp at a certain point. Uh, I guess he was doing uh, Bear Shell a favor by uh, coming into this movie. But, uh, yeah, uh, not really that notable. He kind of funny in it. Uh, I love this movie as a road trip movie and a Star Wars movie. But uh, even when he was doing, like, the uh, Star Trek character in it, it was star trek adjacent because they couldn't even get the uh the rights to use like uh the the badges or anything it's uh yeah i don't know it's played up nerd role but uh enjoyable i uh i think this movie is of a time so if you don't have the nostalgia for it, it's hard to suggest going back to it that's fair <clears throat> that's fair it's been a lot i watched it when it first came out not much of it sticks around to be honest, I don't know if you've seen it, Chalupa. Uh, no, I haven't. I remember seeing it on uh, available for rent at Double K Video on DVD, but I had not rented it. 
the 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 elevator pitch for it is really intriguing. It's uh, a couple of friends that want to go to see uh, to go break into George Lucas's uh, house and steal the. Oh, Phantom I know Menace. the story. Yeah. Oh, well, I was just giving it to the fans. So no, no, they 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 know the story too. Everyone knows the Star Wars story. Oh, okay, let's well, no, skip it then. Kidding. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Sorry to, sorry to, uh, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just basically they're going to, uh, one of their friends is dying of cancer. He's not going to make it to the premiere of the movie. So they're going to break into Lucas Ranch and steal the film and watch it beforehand. Uh, a lot of hilarity ensues. Kristen Bell's in it. Um, it's, it was ruined by Kevin Spacey and, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Uh, not Winehouse. The who's the guy that got Weinstein. in trouble? Weinstein for uh, Harvey Weinstein. They got a hold of the script, and where it was something pure and fun and nerdy, they kind of just yucked it up with a bunch of gay jokes and scenes with it that didn't really necessarily need to be in it. So uh, <laughs> they took something that could have been timeless adventure of friends going to see something that's all about the journey, not the destination. You know, a typical film that we've seen a bunch of times, but uh, yeah. Kind of got ruined along the way. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I guess we just move on to the next one, which also, Tim, you uh, you have a soft spot in your heart for, from what I understand, and that's observe and report. Observe and report. Yes. Okay, so I remembered watching this movie when it first came out and during the rewatch I jumped in and uh, uh, definitely watched this um, Anna Ferris is is hilarious as always um, but this was around the time that Paul Blart Mall Cop came out now this is definitely a non-Seth Rogen role where he's not playing the happy-go-lucky stoner or underdog he is playing a overly aggressive mall cop and he at a certain point gets off of his pills and goes on a rampage with a nightstick beating up real cops terrorizing the uh the mall just going on this like fucking insane uh bender and then in the end he's he ends up shooting a guy it's fucking insane it is really really good dark version of Paul Blart Mall Cop. Damn. I uh, honestly never watched it. I haven't ever seen Paul Blart either. I Both of these were coming out at the same time. Both of them looked and were, I was told, were absolutely horrible. <laughs> and zero <laughs> desire. And to me, the cast of Seth Rogen, Anna Ferris, and Ray Liotta as your kind of like three main cast members seem very weird to me. <laughs> the combination. It, the Ray Liotta really throws it for a loop, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ray Liotta Fair plays enough. like his uh his nemesis throughout and like the driving force for the rampage that ensues. Uh one thing that I'll throw to you guys that I, I noticed starting with this movie a lot is the non-Seth characters are kind of just fancy background. They're two-dimensional characters in a lot of the movies going forward where it's Seth Rogen-centric and then you've got these things that Seth Rogen gets to make jokes off of. Like, they're they're less less fleshed-out characters than you would have had in Superbad or anything before. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think to a degree you're absolutely right, and part of it may be that you know less of this is his writing going forward as well. Uh, you know, he starts to we start to see Seth writing and producing things and a lot of really good stuff, but most of it that he's not involved in. Right. So it'll be interesting. And I say that funny enough as we hop into his passion project, the green Hornet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have Uh, you guys seen the green Hornet? Oh yeah. god, it's been ages since I've seen it. But yes, I have seen the Green Hornet. They did Christoph Waltz very dirty. <laughs> like I remember first seeing Christoph Waltz, like the opening scene for Glorious Bastards. I'm like, oh my god, this guy needs to be nominated for an Oscar. He got nominated for an Oscar. I'm like, oh my god, this guy needs to win the fucking Oscar. He won the Oscar. I'm like, this guy's the greatest like breakout actor over the age of like fifty ever. <laughs> And then he does this, and I'm like, "No!" I'm gonna say something really it's, bold it's, right it's now. It's kind of true, though. Uh, Pardon me. I'm gonna say something really bold right now. This might be my favorite Seth Rogen movie of all time right now. Now, movies can shift. <laughs> I rewatched this during the rewatch because I remember how much people hated it, and I, I like I didn't. It didn't stand out at me at the time that I first saw it. But holy like, fuck, is this movie good? It is so good, it's like, boys. It's like if you put green into a superhero movie, you know it's going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> green Lantern, Green Hornet. Like it, it, Usually that color does not do well. Okay. So uh, I, I forget who plays his, uh, his sidekick, but I guess he's a Korean pop star. He had a lot of trouble with Jay English, Chu? but Joe? he still did a good job. Yeah, they were going to get the guy from Kung Fu Hustle originally to be a part of this movie because he was just coming off of that. But he had too many weird ideas, so they ended up uh, throwing off Jay Chow or whatever with uh, Chu into this movie. But, okay, when I was watching it, it's extremely well-paced. Compared to every other superhero movie coming out, they took some serious time and character development. They still had flawed characters. The car was really cool. The action sequences were great. Um, the Cameron Diaz jokes in it. Like, I don't know if you guys remember that. They're, no. Okay, so she comes in for an interview to be his secretary at the newspaper. And he starts, like, trying to neg her a little bit. Like, after, like, sexually harassing her originally. Because he's supposed to be this, like, shitty playboy kind of guy. He's like, so why would someone in their twilight uh, want to start a job here at this level? And she's like, I I don't know. I've never seen those Twilight movies. And he's like, no, no, no. Someone of your age. And he just like starts to call Cameron Diaz old. It just, oh my God, I busted a gut just the way they played it. I thought it was fucking that, hilarious. That reminds me a little bit of um, Get Smart. Like yes. Talking to Anne, Anne Hathaway, and it's just like oh, it's a little dusty. You know, I got some cobwebs, so ticking, <laughs> ticking time bomb. You know, you were truly hideous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bad guy, Christoph Waltz, uh, feeling like after James Franco interaction, where he has the double-barreled gun, and he's feeling like he's not intimidating, and slowly devolving into a, like a comic book villain from just a a gangster. I thought was cool. Um, I think that and Franco's in it. 
Yeah, he's the first bad guy. Um, uh, it's got a aside from Christoph Waltz, it's got some uh, crazy, crazy good actors in it. This movie: Tom Wilkinson, David Harbor, and Edward James Olmos. Yeah, like those are those are some hitters, heavy hitters. Yeah, uh, almost and, did a great job too. Yeah, I think uh, maybe based off what you're saying, Tim, I'd give it another watch. But from what I remember, it was just so cheesy. It is, yeah, a hundred percent. It is. I think Seth Rowan's character is not really that great, honestly. Very one-dimensional. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he falls prey to that a bit. I I would definitely agree with you there, Chalopa. Um. You're kind of rooting against him, even right up until the end, where he's not really making the the shift from uh, underdog to not underdog is the wrong word, uh, from shitty playboy to superhero kind of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, and once again, point. Seth Rogen as Britt Reed, Mister Playboy. It's just uh, it's not believable <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like yeah, Seth Rogen's not really the, the spoiled rich kid that I like to envision <clears throat> yeah that's fair so for me for me for those reasons it was kind of a miss the, the only nice way that's the nice way I'll put it and it kind of ties into uh, a lot of these uh, movies at this time uh, and I actually jumped past one i mean they came out around the same time i just kind of i realized i flipped them but it works out in our favor here because we kind of bundled the the few weird movies together Mm -hmm. by doing that and uh tim i don't know if you've actually seen the next movie but the next movie is funny people i watched it based on your recommendation actually Mm -hmm. oh yeah you were saying that in our in our part one I loved it. And? Uh, yeah. I watched yeah. it with mom. She does not like blue humor, but like she was busting a gut. And my God, the the moment, the it, it was only a couple seconds Sarah Silverman has on that screen. She fucking wrecked me. Leslie Mann, <laughs> again, is fucking hilarious. She she destroys anytime she's on screen. She was so good. Um. Yeah it's a it's once again a very dense comedic cast and it's a it's a good combination of you have the goofiness you have the hard biting uh dialogue uh you have some good sarcasm in there you have some awkwardness like it's a great cast we're talking funny people chalupa yeah uh, so you got uh, you know the class you talked uh leslie man Seth Rogen, Ab Sandler, and Z's and sorry, uh, Aubrey Aubrey Plaza, yes, <laughs> great. I love uh, Jason Schwartzman, right? Like uh, Aubrey Plaza, what a realistic female character where he's like all shitty and pissy with her, and he actually gets called out on it. It's like you've never spoken to me. I had sex with someone, and you're gonna hold it against me and make me a villain in your eyes. Like that—that mm-hmm. that whole interaction came off pretty genuine and not too preachy, but it was an interesting interaction to see because I haven't seen that before. Hmm. 
the cameo from Ray Romano is pretty good. It's probably... <laughs> oh, I love RZA in it too. <laughs> yeah, RZA's in it. <laughs> Eminem. Uh, Rodman's in it. <laughs> Dude, Aubrey Plaza's from Delaware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen. I, I'm a big uh, Aubrey Plaza fan. Uh, oh, she, she, like, and I, I know we, you guys make fun of me. Well, Brian makes fun of me, and Brian's uh, friend, but uh, she is absolutely gorgeous, and she's so fucking funny and talented too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, her character in this is very, very good. And yeah, like that narrative <laughs> where she's just like. Yeah, like you may, you know, you gave me shit for sleep with somebody, and I should be able to sleep with whoever I want. Blah blah blah. Yeah, but yeah. she she's perfected that kind of like awkward girl comedy, but mm-hmm. she's also branched out from it more and more as her career's growing, which I very much appreciate. Yeah, like uh, she's even really good in Scott Pilgrim for her like oh. like five minute scene uh, scenes, I should say. Yeah, still very good at like being kind of that, um, you know, very firm and like you know directive. Like fuck mm-hmm. you, you you suck. Get yeah. your life together. <laughs> Where other actresses have fallen into like the quirky girl thing and never been allowed to leave it. Like in like uh, Zoe Deschanel, <laughs> like that. Like she's great in her wheelhouse, but I don't think she has much of a want to leave there. To there grow. she goes. <laughs> Insert, uh, you know, late '90s fun song about you know being in love, and then make it into a rom com. Mm-hmm. She's all that. So it's also uh, like her, her development as a character throughout the seasons of Parks and Rec kind of goes along with her development as an actress, and like how much her comedic depth has grown. Uh, yeah. I can't say enough about Aubrey Plaza. I'm a big fan. And I don't remember, like, she started hosting award shows. I don't know if you guys had known this. I think it was, like, the Golden Globes a couple years ago. Or the Emmys. Uh, It was some award show. Maybe, like, the SAG Awards. Or one of those. It wasn't one of the big ones. Uh, 2019... Uh, Plaza was the first Spirit Awards host. Okay, the Spirit Awards uh, she hosted. um, And it was just, like, fucking hilarious. So, like, the Spirit Awards are, like, independent. It's an independent film awards. Uh, And it was absolutely hilarious. It's it's interesting because she can do deadpan really well as well. Mm. And so... uh, but yeah, Funny People is a movie. You have this crazy great cast, such dense dialogue. Almost any type of laugh you can think of. You have like some <laughs> super goofy humor in it. A little bit of bro humor. Uh, you have some very sad, dark humor. Like very dark undertones, obviously, given the story. Uh, and then you get relief humor throughout as well. Because it's such a heavy story, there's a good amount of relief in it. This is one thing that Judd Apatow, one of my favorite movies of his. And then, of course, like classic, it's like fucking 30 minutes too long. And uh, and the third act disappoints. So (laughs) it lives up to everything that we love and know about Judd Apatow. (laughs) 
<laughs> what did you feel about the uh, story device where he ca- keeps running into people talking about his old movies? Like, I, I know that, like, it's pretty obvious, uh, uh, obvious what they're trying to say. But, like, for someone like Adam Sandler that would have gone through this and trying to... It's both showing a character dealing with doing shitty movies and, like, getting praise and money for it to then doing, like, Hubie Halloween for Netflix and, like, all the shitty movies that follow this. Like, this isn't a reconciliation. It's it's more of, like, noting it, and then he just goes back to making those crap movies, like The Merman or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> uh, Am Sandler makes these movies because... He's stuck in a shitty deal and he's looking after his boys as Sandler is the ultimate, like, don't worry, I got you kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I got you, Rob Schneider. Yeah. I got you, David Spade. I got you, Chris Rock. Even though you're going through that divorce, I got you. Yeah. And even all the smaller dudes, right. That are in like every one of his movies, uh, Steve Buscemi. Um, why can't I think of the fucking dude's name? Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. The guy that like spun off and did Grandma's Boy on his own. Sure, I can just here. Let me pull up like Sandy Wexler, and I'm sure the oh, guy's in God. it. God, um, Nick Swartzen <laughs> is in a bunch of his stuff. Nick Swartzen uh, is a legend, and I need to watch way more of his stand up. His Reno 911 character is one of my all time favorite cameos. Damn man, going deep with the Reno nine one one. It's been a while since I've uh I've honestly like thought of Reno nine one one in general. You got Peter uh, Dante. Mm. <laughs> he was always in Adam Sandler movies. Fucking he plays ridiculous. the quarterback in uh uh The Waterboy. Mm-hmm. You have all right, let's pull up let's pull up one of these. Jesus Christ, Jack and uh, Jill, the zookeeper, Grown Ups 2, oh, Adam the Sandler. Cobbler Pixels, Ridiculous 6, The Do-Over, Sandy Wexler, oh my god, don't mess with a Zohan. Alan Covert? I think Co- that's the guy's Al- name. Alan Covert? One of the two. Uh, he yeah, plays Peter the best Dante is definitely in... one of them. Yeah, he plays the best buddy in The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, he, he got nominated. He was worst screenplay. Bucky Larson, born to be a star. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely... Uh, yeah, see? Uh, Alan Covert's in Grandma's Boy. He's the one yeah. that I was thinking. And same He's with... Uh, everything. You know, same with Peter Dante. But yeah, Maybe they're Halloween. in like all Adam Sandler's movies, like Mr. Deeds, Waterboy. Yeah. I think Grandma's Boy was even a Happy Madison production. Yeah, absolutely it was. <laughs> uh, I remember thinking Grandma's Boy was hilarious because it was such a big gamer. And then like rewatching it maybe like four years ago and being like, man, this is kind of disappointing. Oh, I no. I do not remember this being this bad. I love the cover art. I love the movie. But it's been years since I've seen it. Maybe it's one best left in the archives. Yeah, definitely, definitely one of those best left in the archives. Just the whole like robot bit and stuff like that. From, oh, that uh, was cringy. Yeah, it, it, it's even more so at this point. Like it's oh, it's and like the chimpanzee. Watch. Yeah, teaching the chimpanzee karate. It's like oh god. Yeah. 
it becomes a tough one. I don't want to turn us <laughs> too much into like a uh, Z Morning Zoo show, but I do like the idea of having like a six degrees of separation. You know, like how they have like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I, I we got to pick somebody that's unique to us that keeps coming up. Um, I see Ray Liotta was in Hubie Halloween. And we just talked about Ray Liotta. <laughs> if somehow he can connect every episode to Ray Liotta, I might be very happy. But it'll yeah, they probably be done pretty easily. Probably, yeah. I think, uh, I think it absolutely could. Like how, uh, how, like how much of a relation we're looking at? Like he's got to be in like one of the movies, or is he like a co-star with one of the actors that we're going to cover? Because that would be very easy. I think co-star. We got to make it easy enough that we're going to keep coming back to it. So, yeah, it's going to be way too easy. But yeah, we can do that for fun. Ray Liotta. It's like my buddy and I would always be like, oh, Michael Caine. <laughs> because my buddy's English. Like he was born and raised a little bit in England. And then, like, we'd watch all these, like, old war movies like Zulu and uh, Battle of Britain and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. It's like, if it's a British old war movie, then it's going to be Michael Caine involved for sure. Jaws 2. Michael Caine. Yeah. He plays the, uh, he plays the shark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was just wondering if I, it might be possible. Oh, I just want to be so, on a reef one day and see okay. you out on a beach with somebody that I don't know. And I'll just swim oh, by. That would be lovely. Yes, that would be lovely. <laughs> I think we, uh, I I think we can you. all agree. I I think we can all agree that Funny People is definitely worth the watch, though, even with the extended cut that isn't even an extended cut. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I, I think that was a really good movie. Get like all, it's like almost a flex too of like how many famous people are in this. Like Eminem's in it, James Taylor's in it. Yeah, you could have cut a lot so, out yeah, of the huge, ending, wide but array. The, that that last moment at the cafeteria with. Uh, Seth Rogen and him sitting down and he pulls out a piece of paper to talk jokes with him. I, I like that. Like cut to credits. But there was probably about twenty minutes beforehand you could uh Yeah. You could you could easily have cut like forty minutes out of that movie and it still would oh have my God. hit the mark easily. Oh, just hanging out in the grocery store and just mindless chatter and like Adam Sandler hanging out with the kids and that oh like him. Him hanging out with the kids or like being at Leslie Mann's house. Leslie. Leslie Mann's house. Like that was that I think I think that was like forty five minutes. It was so yeah, I think that was long. all yeah. forty five minutes. And it's just like wow, this could have been condensed big time. And I love Eric Bana's character in it. He's so funny. <laughs> just your typical Australian douchebag. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many of them. Uh, but yeah, like that, that just hit the nail. And like when he's explaining Aussie rules football, oh my god! The first time I saw an Aussie rules football game, I'm like, this is exactly how it's described. <clears throat> mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, yeah, good movie. I I recommend this for sure. Seth Rogen's character is really good. I think I think this is like this is around like peak Seth Rogen. Like where yeah. he's like he's 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 really laid it down in Hollywood that he is a, a go to comedian. He can he can hold his own weight, all that kind of stuff. He's getting in movies with Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we go to Paul. Have you guys seen Paul? I yes. Have. Oh, of course, Tim hey, has. we got another one. We all we all have seen. Ding 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 ding. 
<laughs> it's it's a little bit more rare for the uh, like it, Paul by no means is obscure, but in the world of Seth Rogen, it's a little more obscure. I mainly watch this not because of Seth Rogen, but because of Nick Simon Frost Pegg and Nick Frost. And Simon Pegg. Either which yeah. way, it all depends on who you want to throw first there for sure. I would say Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. I said Nick Frost first, but yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was a funny enough movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, quick premise because this one's a little lesser known is it's two comic book geeks are going traveling across the U.S. Uh, and they encounter an alien voiced by Seth Rogen near Area 51. Kind of the premise of the movie, basically. Yes, that's perfect. Uh, there's some there's some funny parts to it. Uh, it's written by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. So, is it one of their stronger movies, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost? By by no means. Uh, <laughs> Better than World. If you're someone who loved Hot Fuzz and who loved Shaun of the Dead, you will be disappointed by Paul. But that doesn't mean that in the grand scheme of things, Paul is a bad movie. I actually think it it's got enough awkward goofy humor that makes it all right. Plus you got Jeffrey Tambor and who doesn't love Jeffrey Tambor? <laughs> no. And Bobby and Luke. Jason Bateman. Yeah. <laughs> and Bill Hader. Bill Hader. We'll have to do an episode for Bill Hader. He's Yeah. I I, I I don't know about underrated, but he's definitely floating that area. I, uh, if you, on the topic of Bill Hader real quick, if you have not seen the TV show Barry with... I've heard it, good things. I've been keeping that in the back pocket. So fucking good. Ooh. So good. He is amazing in it. And Henry Winkler, oh my God. Henry Winkler is the perfect combination in that show of frustrating, hilarious, and sad. Like, the perfect combination of those three things. Uh, like, just the overall tone of the show, Barry, it's very dark humor. Like, you ha- you need to be okay with, uh, like, you need to have a, v- a good, dark sense of humor to truly appreciate it. If you don't, you'll still like it. But if you have a dark sense of humor, check out Barry. It's absolutely worth it. Uh, do you want to give the people absolutely. a quick uh, synopsis of Barry? Yes. So Please do. Bill Hader plays a hitman. And working through one of his hits, he has to go to Los Angeles. And one of the hit is an, uh, a struggling up-and-coming actor who's in an acting class. Barry, Bill Hader, decides he is going to take the acting class as a way to kind of get close to the hit. And he ends up falling in love with the idea of acting. That's fucking and awesome. With, yeah. <laughs> so he's now struggling with his commitments to be a hitman uh, while trying to be an actor. And being, you know interesting as an actor because he's got some dark shit to pull from right so he, he can be emotional as an actor it's a it's a great show there's so much depth and there is one episode once you guys have watched it even if it's two years from now you'll know what episode i'm talking about 
it may be one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. I, I was like sideways on the couch, holding my gut, almost pissing myself <laughs> laughing for like 10 minutes straight. It, it, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. For my part on Paul, I'll say that you get to see like Sigourney Weaver um, and uh, other like Jane Lynch, uh, Jason Bateman, David Kutchner. <laughs> I, I I don't think the bar is too high to enjoy this movie. Like I'm not saying it's so overly smart. I just think that there is so many deep cut science fiction references in it that if you don't yeah. really like that, you might not so much enjoy it. Like the story's still enjoyable and it's still funny. But it's more or less reference after reference after reference. So if you're not into that, I could see you not enjoying this movie. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's that's very much that's a very fair assessment. Like even the fact that Sigourney Weaver's in it, you know why they cast her. Like everyone knows this movie about aliens. It's a it, about an alien. It's paying homage, casting her in the movie. What's the uh, line they're gonna say, Brian? No, no. <laughs> Stay away from her. You no. Oh, I'll no. Stop. No, I'm not. I'm a. I I was not gonna ruin one of the few funny moments in the movie for people. <laughs> oh come on! They uh, all know if she's in it. Some someone is gonna say it. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's true. Um little sidebar on Sigourney Weaver though did you guys know that one year she was nominated for best actress in a leading role and best actress in a supporting role in the same year can you name me another actress no who's been nominated for both categories at the same time yeah I want to say recent yeah probably Uh, but like in the last three years for sure um, good question. I uh, was often Michelle compared Williams her to the female version of Keanu Reeves. Oh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It yeah marriage it story and something year, else. Marriage story. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, good for uh, Sigourney Weaver. She's a, a very good actress. Uh, Very talented. Oscars in San Diego. I'm pass. curious who else who else is uh um Scarlett Johansson with two Oscar noms in the same year. Let's see who else there's been. Real quick. Uh with that being said, I'll let you guys dive into the next thing on the list, which is fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. Another cancer mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, exactly. In the hospital. <laughs> what up, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Oh, also a good a good cancer movie. Uh, is this a new uh, romance with Seth Rogen with uh, old JGL? Seems like it. I hope so. Jiggle, jiggle for short. <laughs> JGL hasn't assaulted any women. You you can be friends with him, Seth. Hmm. Have you seen 50 50? He's Robin. Chalupa? Or Nightwing. 
can't do anything wrong. I have. I watched it in Australia on DVD at a hostel. Nice. Kate, ba- Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett's one of them. Best actress for Elizabeth. Uh, and I was going to say Elizabeth, Elizabeth or Elizabeth Age. Two, one of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Age, and then the Best one. Supporting Actress for I'm Not There. I was going to say is that I'm not there because like, those are the two yeah. movies I know that she was nominated for Oscars for. Yeah. And there's ah. a, a few actors that were nominated. Oh, Julianne Moore also had it for Far From Heaven and The Hours. Oh, good for her. She's a good yeah. actress. Agreed. Very Emma Thompson. Talented. Do you want to take the, the lead on 50-50, Chalupa? Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. I can't really take it. I will uh, just read what's uh, here. Inspired by a true story, a comedy centered on a 27-year-old guy who learns of his cancer diagnosis and his subsequent struggle to beat the disease. Uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, Anna Kendrick, and Bryce Dallas Howard. And John Houston also pays a uh, supporting character as well. And she's kick-ass too. She's, good. she's definitely in some uh, pop culture favorites. Jelk Houston, mm. especially oh, and also like some also uh, more modern great roles with um, one of our favorites, Wes Anderson. Um, yeah, I thought this was really good. I, I would well, pardon me, I, I thought this was good. I think Funny People was better. I'm not sure. Like it seems like it's quite related to Funny People. Maybe just on a more humble approach instead of like having it a, as a, a you know a, a TV star, movie star, and just like your average Joe Schmo young man too um definitely yeah. some great twists and turns uh there's there's definitely a big thing to throw in there but i don't want to ruin it uh where joseph gordon levitt goes through more than just uh having to deal with uh cancer but mm-hmm. uh you know it shows the struggles of like being a friend of somebody with uh with cancer too so you see that through seth rogan's character and i don't know if seth does a really good job portraying this character and maybe it's just because I don't think that the movie does a great job of, you know, um, making the character a bit more dynamic. He just kind of plays the, like the, just the buddy and it's like, Oh yeah, that's funny or whatever, you know, typical, like, Oh, your girlfriend's a bitch and that kind of stuff. Just that typical, uh, best bud cliche. I think he could have uh-huh. been a little bit more dynamic, but, uh, that's just me, Brian. I, I agree. The, I remember when I watched this, uh, it's been a while, but I remember the feeling like not feeling like Seth Rogen really was a true friend at times, feeling like he was almost just like stuck in the situation and trying to take advantage of it. Like for a while, it seemed like uh, it seemed like Seth Rogen was just trying to trying to basically get laid uh, in the movie, if I remember. Yeah. But then like it kind of it kind of goes both ways. Because it, it felt like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character also benefited from Seth Rogen doing that. So maybe it's just like, I don't know. Uh, but for me, it made the friendship seem a little disingenuous. Which uh, which kind of took me out of the movie a bit. Uh, well directed, well shot, some good writing interesting cast choices for sure i actually think joseph gordon levitt did a great job uh and i agree maybe seth rogan's not the right guy for this role um well maybe he could have been if they just made him a bit more interesting you know yeah it would have been it would have been good to see like a few like solo 
uh, shots of just him like hanging out and during doing his thing. Because like later on, you see that he is struggling with it and he's reading literature on you know how to uh, deal with. Uh, it's like oh, so you like have a friend that has cancer, kind of a book. And it'd be, mm, it would it would have been interesting. That. It would have been interesting to see him like just like reading it or like looking to buy it. Um, maybe even later on. You know, like a little flashback or something like that, and then that gives uh, just like because you see <clears throat> how Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, comes to that realization that he finds it, and then he's like, "Oh, okay, like maybe I should give him like a bit of a break. Like it's hard on him too. It's not just me, you know. It's it's my friends as well that are having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have been interesting if like, he was buying the book. Like I think that would have been a good scene if he was buying the book and talking to a person about it, and I don't know, maybe talking to his family or something." Mm-hmm. Uh, not just the the not just the audience seeing it and be like, oh, okay, he's I, not an asshole. He's a good friend. I'm on yeah. the spoilers uh, portion right now, and I'm just looking at it. Uh, Adam uh, Jordan goes Gordon Levitt's character is based on the screenwriter Will Riser, who was diagnosed with cancer and later recovered. Seth Rogen helped Riser cope with this disease and convinced him to write a screenplay during their early twenties together. So this what would a have, shitty friend. Yeah, this would almost be like a a play or a bi- not biography, but uh, an extrapolation on <laughs> what like, they would have went through together in their twenties. Yeah. You heard it for Brian first. Seth Rogen can't play himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out that Seth Rogen can't play himself. Or he did, and he was a dick the whole time too. Um, James maybe, McAvoy. Maybe the point. Oh, sorry. sorry. I ahead. didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I was just going to say, maybe the point of Seth Rogen's character kind of being that guy is that, like, uh, you know, your friend's going through some shit and you just want to be stable and be the kind of that same person, right? Like, it, you don't want to change because they've changed, because you're trying to just be there for them and be you. So maybe that's why Seth, Seth Rogen's character feels kind of one-dimensional there. Maybe it's intentional. I don't know. Uh, this is the last one that I want to share, but Seth Rogen says he was actually on the toilet when uh, Will Riser told him he had cancer. As funny as the two of them thought this was, it was deemed too disgusting for the film. <laughs> uh, at least they seem to have more fun in real life. Uh, yeah, James McAvoy was uh, slated to play the Adam character that uh, Jordan Gordon-Levitt... Yeah. Why do I keep calling him Jordan? Huh. But... Uh, James McAvoy would have been an interesting casting, but I love uh, Gordon Levitt. I, I don't think he gets enough work. I would like to see him continue to do stuff. Uh, his hints at being Robin that Chalupa had brought up earlier, I think uh, he could have played an interesting character. A little too uh, old to be the boy ward that we'd all want him to be, but uh, he could have been one of the Robins that get killed off. I'm... Oh, yeah. I'm a I'm a fan overall. It's just sometimes he he gets pushed to kind of just like that pretty boy side, um, where there's not much depth to his character. Like uh, Inception's kind of the perfect example, where like he, there's just not much depth to him as a character, or even Looper. Uh, what he's was just the one like, where he's he's the uh, tightrope walker? I'm like, oh. this is a movie. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna walk the tightrope. I walk the tightrope. This is a Lord yeah. of the Rings. Like, sequel. don't get me wrong. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is an amazing actor, and he is 
you know, that, that pretty boy, he's a very handsome individual. Uh, you know, cue the, the sex music there, Tim. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he gets the appropriate casting too, too much or like, I agree. maybe he loses out on something. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe somebody just, there's, there's a grudge against him. Cause he was actually, um, also in line to be, uh, what do you want to call him? Star Lord in, uh, in huh. Guardians of the Galaxy. Huh. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that as not Chris Pratt, to be honest. <laughs> I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have been a really good character for it, uh, give him a little bit of stubble, maybe. But yeah, Chris Pratt, definitely, like, top, top tier choice. He broke yeah. Anna Ferris's heart. He's fucking dead to me. Fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, the movie was The Walk, by the way, the tightrope walking one. And oh, that's direct. It's, it's written and directed by Robert Zemeckis. Oh, come on, Rob. Yeah, aka Back this. to the Future, Forrest yeah. Gump, Contact, <laughs> like just just to does a DeLorean few. like smash into him like <laughs> halfway through the yeah. Oh, Marty! Oh, Jesus, Marty! <laughs> we gotta go stop Contact. It's terrible. <laughs> oh my God, we've gone back too far. All right, uh, so it is twelve oh two. We've got an hour left. What other movies we gotta get up on? Guilt trip, mm. guilt trip. Uh, I want to. I don't this think movie we need to bad. touch on this one too much because it was just utter trash. Uh, Barbara Streisand, Seth Rogen, just horrible. Yeah, I didn't realize this was this late in his career. But uh, you tell me, Barbara Streisand and uh, Seth Rogen are gonna do a, a mother and son road trip movie. That sounds really interesting, but from all the reviews, it looks like shit, so let's just pass it. Don't watch this, folks. (laughs) Yeah, and it's crazy because it's written by Dan Fogelman, and maybe Dan Fogelman's just a better writer with other things. He's one of the co-writers of This Is Us, which uh, is every female's most heart-wrenching show. You Uh, watch it. You cry every time. Tangled. He was a writer on Tangled and Cars. Uh, like Dan Fogelman has some decent writing credits and this just, oh my God, completely missed the mark. Horrible. When we crazy, do our stupid love. Theories, uh, Dan Fogelman, episode, crazy, stupid love. Great movie. There's some crazy fan theories about cars. When we do our fan theories episode, we got to get into cars. It gets pretty dark. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Oh, we just need to do a Pixar. We just need to do a Pixar deep dive. I think. Oh, that would be uh, fun. I, I would definitely. I would do a Pixar deep dive or a Pixar top five. Like I think we need know. to do both. We'll do a Pixar top five and then a deep dive, so then we don't give away any any uh, any uh, you know spoilers. I've never gotten to see Wally yet. I'm really excited. I need to watch Wally as well. When we when when we watched the uh, what was it the uh, that one YouTube channel that we will not name just because uh. uh kind of similar to what we talk about sometimes uh they did a pixar one and i was like fuck i need to watch wally because it was in a lot of their top fives yeah yeah it's very true (laughs) (laughs) Um, there are a lot of pixar movies you can skip though that's for sure having a number of uh nephews and nieces i'm like this is fucking garbage do all the shorts count uh, uh, I think no. they'd be their own separate discussion. In a lot it would of have to be. There's too many shorts to include, and there's some adorable shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, next on Can the I... Seth Rogen train. 
yeah, I'll, sorry, I was going to bring something up, but I'll, I'll save that for the Pixar talk when we actually do a Pixar episode. Smart. Arrested Development. Seth Rogen played a young George Blue. <laughs> That's a perfect George I don't remember. Yeah, I haven't it. watched this series too much. I've only seen yeah. a few episodes. It, it is utter chaos in the best kind of way. Arrested Development absolute utter chaos and just the the perfect dysfunctional family uh highly recommend this for anyone that's looking to pick up kind of a tv show uh it's what seven seasons something like that total uh maybe eight yeah if you're looking to pick up a tv show and uh get into something just throw it on Give it a shot because it's definitely worth it. Highly recommend Arrested Development. Seth Rogen's role as young George Bluth is perfectly cast, but it's it is a minor role uh, throughout the show. Like his role doesn't really change anything going on in the show that much, but uh, it's very well cast. Uh, another that's, movie with uh, people that he's interconnected with. So he's playing a young Jeffrey Tambor. And Michael Sarah yeah. is one of the main characters, so people that he's worked with for quite a few years at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, you know, Jason Bateman obviously plays Michael Bluth, uh, so you you have that connection. Henry Winkler is in it as well, and Henry Winkler's Winkler's also been in uh, some of the Seth Rogen things that we've talked about. Um, yeah, you really get. With Arrested Development as a TV show in general, though, uh, not to get away from Seth Rogen too much, you just get so many different kinds of comedy that you'll appreciate. Uh, Just even think of uh, the relationship that Will Arnett and Jason Bateman have in general is hilarious, and you get to feel it during the show, too. But, like, they're, like, best friends in real life. Illusions, Michael. Tricks are for whores. (laughs) <laughs> if you uh if you watch any sort of like you can go on youtube anyone listening and just youtube will arnett uh makes fun of jason bateman and there is at least like 20 30 minutes of content of him on talk shows just roasting jason bateman i actually saw one like two weeks ago he was on kimmel and he just like lit into bateman uh for like and just like outed him for being so awkward in certain moments it's just hilarious uh it's just like you could tell like it's it's the good roasting where it's like they've been friends for so long that it's like deep enough to be like (laughs) like to be like a little sad but still laughable It, it toes that line it's great uh yeah real real quick before we jump back in uh smartless as uh, Jason Bateman's podcast. Uh, He hosts it with Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. Uh, Sean Hayes being the guy, I believe, from uh, Will and Grace. Will and Grace. But uh, one of my favorite uh, podcasts, I haven't really dug too much into it, but the the cohesion between the three of them is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've only listened to a couple episodes myself, but they have a really good banter. I went... I would not have thought of them and Sean Hayes together, but man, it works. 
Fucking Will Arnett roasting. But listen to our podcast first. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, unless you want to hear Will Arnett encouraging Bateman to get into a story about how he kidnapped a kid to go do mushrooms at, uh, uh, what is that tree park? Uh, Joshua Tree. Joshua Joshua Tree. tree. (laughs) But I mean, ours is better. Uh, What is next on our list? The next movie is also directed by Seth Rogen, and that is This Is The End. So written, directed uh, by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, And it's based off on the short film, Jay and Seth versus the Apocalypse. Funny enough. So we talked about how we thought maybe it would be. It actually is. Oh, no shit. Uh, Yeah. What do you guys think of This Is The End? Yeah, I, I, I thought the I thought the intro was the best part to it. Like when they're all at the party and everything, and Jason Siegel's there, and you're already in the whole Aziz. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Sears' character just walking around, and then he gets stabbed, and he's like, "Oh, who's got my phone?" And he's like, "Oh, this is awkward." Like to me, that was really funny. Uh, I'll do the whole intro. The rest of it just kind of made me angry. <laughs> <laughs> like Danny McBride uh, eating all the food and. Uh, James Franco being so annoying. I think it was more of an inside joke for all of them. Being like, oh yeah, it's totally us. This is hilarious. Yeah. I will say that it starts off really strong. Uh, It's got some crazy, ridiculous scenes that uh, you can appreciate for being a parody scenes, uh, such as the Jonah Hill exorcism scene. (laughs) (laughs) Please God, just Jonah Hill getting raped Jay. by the goddamn demon too. He's a, yeah. he's totally willing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then uh, it may have one of the funniest images that I've seen in a movie, which is the the Danny McBride with Channing Tatum. <laughs> Channing Tatum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, how's it going? <laughs> interesting fact about that scene uh emma watson was supposed to be in it but uh when she got to set they were kind of just doing stuff on the fly and improving. so she saw channing tatum in like a gimp mask and on a leash with danny mcbride and she just walked off set she's like she called seth and she's like hey i i can't be a part of this and it got blown up and out of proportion and a bunch of people tried to say like oh she's super difficult and blah 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 and threw a tantrum and left so like it almost did uh, big damage to cur- her career, but he like he, uh, luckily Seth came out and uh, defended her. It was just like no, I, reasonably so. She did not want to be a part of that scene. Yeah, it's a, it's a fucked up scene, <laughs> uh, and like she was still relatively young at that time, right? Like you're talking about like early twenties for her at that time, like yeah, old enough, yeah, but like uh, still relatively young. Uh, especially with people like Danny McBride, <laughs> just over the top, right? Um, oh so that's God. what this movie is. It's basically like interesting foundation at the start, some funny like little character bits that you appreciate. Uh, I really, Mindy Kaling adds good comedic elements at uh, like when she, just riffing on characters. I find that she does that really well. Um, so she adds a little bit. Craig Robinson's in it. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, but it, 
for the rest of the movie, it's really just like moments of comedy with like more just like meh, kind of ridiculous shrugs. Eh, it was okay. Whereas, you know, uh, the start of it, as Chalupa said, was a little bit more dense and a little bit more well rounded humor. Yeah. I don't know. I'd still recommend it if uh, if you like kind of kind of like that apocalypse humor type style. Uh, it's a good parody of those movies from a parody standpoint. I always find it's hard to do parodies well in the first place, so I give parodies a little bit of a uh, little bit of a pass. Word. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the premise of this movie with Jay Baruchel kind of being the if not the focal, like the star, the focal point for a lot of it. And then having listened to Kevin Smith's book and Seth Rogen's book for research for the show, uh, it's interesting how many of these people seem to fucking hate Hollywood. Like I didn't realize it's as reviled as it is because it's part like the money's great, but then it's just this constant work and getting shit on, and, and all this, like, fakeness within it. So it, it's interesting to see them make an entire movie based on, like, I don't want to be here or a part of your friend group. Like, you're all kind of shitty. And them recognizing <laughs> that. The the whole, in the movie, the whole Jay Baruchel, Jonah Hill dynamic oh is entertaining. <laughs> it was very entertaining. I don't think I would have picked up on that. sweetheart, come on. <laughs> You're talking to Jonah Hill. Sweetheart. Thank you guys for pointing that out to me because I was watching for it and I just, I loved it so much. Like Seth consoling him is like, hey, I think he's really warming up. Just keep trying, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Danny McBride. Come on, Jonah. You're you're an Academy Award nominated actor. You could be a bit more convincing. There were casualties. Okay, that was pretty good. Um, I just hate Jay so much. Please let him die. <laughs> it also just kind of speaks to dynamics of friend friend groups, right? Like we've all been in friend groups, I'm sure, where like two of the people in the group don't really like each other, but they're just in the group because it's convenient for everyone else, basically. And Are they put you up and Dave? with the person. uh do you consider that a friend group chalupa uh no it's more of an ensemble i would say (laughs) yeah it's it's so it's a weird group uh we haven't done cocaine together we're not a friend group (laughs) (laughs) not like our trip to hamilton what no we just we just ate ice cream and smash burgers (laughs) and and shit our Shit, shit ourselves. Shit. I'm so glad you weren't crashing at our place. You would have destroyed that toilet. I felt bad, man. I used that toilet, oh. and then like, and then I think I I disturbed <laughs> Obi, who started barking, <laughs> and then I think he used the washroom right after I did. I was like, oh no, don't go in, Tim. Don't go in. There. Oh, don't go in. There. Man, weekend. There's gonna be smells. We just have to get over that as we there's prep gonna for be smell. Um, I just want, I don't want the seat to be warm still. That's my only thing. Don't worry. I slash water all over it. (laughs) (laughs) What was the review from the host? Like at that Airbnb, Tim? I never got one. So 
Oh. Or at least if I did, I thought, I I thought you did because I thought I got an, an update on it. Oh. I thought I remember did. seeing like a, a review from blah 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 for being at the being a co-host of this Airbnb or co-guest. Well, hopefully, I didn't drag you guys down with me. Um, mm. So, the, uh, this is the end. Uh, the The short I, I really liked. I thought that kind of got everything that they wanted to say in this movie out then. But I did enjoy this. I was curious. Do you guys think that Michael Sierra, like, because his character was fucking great in the beginning? Uh, did he actually slap Rihanna's ass as hard as it looked, or was that like oh, a stand-in, or did he like he fucking go for no. it? Hundred oh, percent. I have a feeling he did. For sure. <laughs> Rihanna's like, "Come on, white boy, do it." And he's yeah. like, "I don't want to." Yeah. Chris yeah. Brown's gonna hit me. <laughs> <laughs> she looked uh, inhumanly gorgeous. You put her in a room full of beautiful people, and it's like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't know. Craig Robinson looked pretty great. Oh, yeah. when he's dragging that dick across the floor. Uh, how did you feel about the cameo at the end from was that InSync or Backstreet Boys? Was that funny or just fall dead for you guys? Fall flat, sorry. Uh, didn't really do anything for me mm-hmm. personally. Yeah, I don't whatever. Really have much more to say about it. I think like, it's just I like what they were a joke going of the for. bromance. Yeah, joke yeah. of the bromance. It just it just wasn't needed. No, I don't think at least they could have had a better cameo. Like if you had like I don't, maybe not run, but uh, somebody that fits the dynamic of that group a little bit better. Mm. Um, that's pretty nitpicky of me. Nitpicker, no, that's fair. Uh, yeah. So next on the list, we have something that we we need to talk about and uh it's the bound three music yeah. video the parody of bound two by uh kanye is that the one so, with him and kim on uh on the motorcycle on the motorcycle yeah and so if you have not seen this uh first off just all you need to do is watch like 30 seconds of bound two kanye and kim on youtube to really uh to really get an understanding and then watch James Franco and Seth Rogen knock it out of the park <laughs> with a great parody. <laughs> uh, absolutely great parody. Uh, I I remember when it came out, just uh, it's one of the few things that I think got shared in like every chat that I was in at the time, like every Facebook group. Uh, and like even work chats and stuff like that. It was just, uh, it was everywhere. That's how good it was. Uh, blew up more than bound Two maybe blew up. Uh, yeah. In his book, he talks about how Kanye called him after this and asked him to him and Franco to his birthday party and come out on a motorcycle <laughs> shirtless. To... <laughs> but uh, he ended up canceling that, which would have been fucking hilarious. And the thing is, is Bound 2 is a really good song. <laughs> but, like, uh, people don't remember, won't remember it as much for the song, I don't think, uh, as much as the crazy video and uh, and the, the parody of said video. Yeah. Um, we can 
you know, we're kind of going in order here, but both these came out the same year. So while we're on the topic of YouTube and shorts, maybe we just hit up Cops Come Dicks and Flying while we're at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarah Silverman skit that Seth Rogen was a part of and uh, is fucking batshit crazy. I don't know what to say about it. Like, it's nonsensical. They end up in a dog's anus. It's pretty funny. Yeah, definitely nonsensical, but in the best possible way, I would think. ADHD is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, folks, this is going to be the end of uh, part two. Look forward to Seth Rogen part three coming soon. Bye.